<clears throat> Randy Frazee tells a story of being in that space between being asleep and awake. Have you been there? Where you're, you're kind of in that place? And, and he was in this place one time and he had a dream that a bug crawled into his ear. And when he woke up, his left ear felt like it was on fire. He heard this, this, this scratching, horrible scratching. And he was, he was frightened. And, and it just it felt like someone was just screaming into his ear, just kind of dancing on his eardrum. And he, he says, says, he tells the story, he jumped up and he went into the bathroom and he looked in the mirror and just started shaking his head, just, just, you know, shaking his head real hard. And, and his wife, Roseanne, came in and, and he said, I think I have a bug in my ear. And so she put some medicine drops in his ear and, and made a doctor's appointment. They went to sleep. She made a doctor's appointment the next morning, but then canceled it because Randy said, hey, it, it actually feels better. I think you got it, whatever it was. Uh, but wouldn't you know, uh, that evening, as he goes back to sleep, the scratching returns, and he, he hears it again. And so she, she puts some drops in his ear again, but, but this time he went to the doctor the next day. And, and his doctor, his ear doctor, starts digging around in there and with, with the tools they use to dig around in your ear and actually pulled out a dead earwig. And he says to Randy Frazee, you have a bug in your ear. And Randy thought that was cool. He, he said the drops that your wife, the medicine that your wife put in, it actually drowned it the second time. Uh, he asked the doctor if he could have it, and, and apparently he has this little earwig in a, a pill bottle so he could show it to his young sons and, and, and other people. That is gross. <laughs> but this morning, I want to put a bug in your ear. <laughs> I want your undivided attention today because we are at a place this morning where, where the Word of God is going to be sharp. And, and we're continuing in this story series. I want to remind you that, that what we're reading, what we're studying in the story series is indeed God's Word. Today we're going to talk about Ezra and Nehemiah. And, and we're in section 21 of your story Bibles. Um, and we're actually going to be in, in Nehemiah chapter 8 in your regular Bible. We're transitioning today uh, from the Old to the New Testament in the story series. Um, and, and so that's where we're at. But today we're going to learn something important. As we make this transition from the Old Testament into the New Testament, it's going to start in Nehemiah chapter 8. Now most of you are familiar with the story of Nehemiah. He was the cupbearer to the king who was allowed to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls of the city. And if you're not familiar with the story, I just told it to you. So now you are. And we're all on the same page. And you know, um, and I want you to know, you'll have opportunity to read about it this week in all the details in, in the story of chapter 21. Um, but today, I'm not telling that part of Nehemiah's story. Uh, we're actually going to start after the wall is completed. All right, We're going to pick up after they've rebuilt the walls. And by the way, they rebuilt the walls around Jerusalem, the wall. It was one big wall around Jerusalem. They rebuilt that in 52 days. That's impressive. It's amazing what God's people can accomplish when they work together. And, and what God can do through people who are willing to work together. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for, again, for this morning, for the time we can take to come here and, and, and worship you and focus on your word. I pray that as we, we look at Nehemiah chapter 8, as we look at uh, briefly at the book of James, that uh, we won't just glance, but, but that we'll take a hard look, a long look, that we'll make a comparison of, uh, of the Israelites then and ourselves today, that we'll, we'll look at the advice from James and see how we can apply it to our lives. I pray that uh, as we leave here today, we'll leave here 
honoring you with, with what we decide to do. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Here's what you need to know about this particular situation. Like I said, it's after the walls of Jerusalem have been rebuilt and the exiled people of God have returned to Jerusalem. The first group of around 50,000 exiles had returned from Babylon under Zerubbabel. The second group uh, returned under Ezra the priest. And the final group is coming in under Nehemiah, who was the cupbearer, uh, who, decided to, who desired to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. They rebuilt that wall, like I said, in less than uh, 52 days. But there was a lot of distress while they were rebuilding the wall. There was a lot of outside influences trying to stop them in rebuilding the wall, making their task difficult. There's even a, a verse that, that talks about where Nehemiah says, we, we, we built with, with tools in one hand and, and a weapon in the other. All right, So that's, that's some real pressure when you're trying to do the Lord's work. That's some people really putting some distress on you. And, and so with that, we're going to pick up where the wall is built, and the exiled people actually come together and hear the word of God. Look at Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 through 12. This is what scripture says. All the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand, and all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him on his right stood Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Maseiah, and on his left were Pedeah, Mishael, Malkijah, Hashem, Hashbadana, that was almost Dylan's name, by the way, <laughs> Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them, and as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, of, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Achab, Shabbatheh, Hodiah, Haseah, Kalita, Azariah, Jozabad, Hanan, and Peliah instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the, of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so the people understood what was being read. Verse 9, Then Nehemiah the governor... Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. Verse 12, Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food, and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. Why is this such a big deal? I mean, besides the obvious that they had church for like five hours and no one complained about the preacher being long-winded, why is this a big deal? There's, there's the weeping and, and the worship and the outstretched hands because 140 years had passed since God's people had assembled as a nation united. 
And they're reading the law. And Ezra read the scripture. The Levites interpreted it. Because of the time that it passed, there were actually Israelite people um, that, that had lost their ability to understand the Hebrew language. They'd been in captivity in so many other places. Not all of them understood. And so the Levites are interpreting. And the people are understanding the word of God again. And, and they're obeying it. Brothers and sisters, people, people need to hear the word of God. They need to understand it and then, and then do it. They need, they need to obey it. We need to obey it. I often joke around that the English language is the hardest to understand sometimes. C- communication is tough. But with technology and all the, the texting shortcuts, I feel that we're slowly losing our language. With all the shortcuts on the internet and all the 10-minute the and 5-minute devotion books out there, I, I even saw a one-minute one minute devotion book. <laughs> See, I was going to make a joke about that, but now I won't. Uh, <laughs> I fear that we're losing our understanding of the Scriptures. Just like the Israelites lost their ability to understand the Hebrew language and had to have it explained to them, I think that we're losing our ability to understand Scripture because we're, we're losing the desire to spend time in it. You see, I, I get more people than you can imagine that come to me and say, Hey, I read on the Internet, blah, blah, blah. And I respond, That's good, but did you read that in your Bible or just on the Internet? And to which they usually say, Well, but, but it's a good blog and the writer is, is a good Christian person. Well, that may be. But, but when a good Christian man or woman claims to have a better understanding of God's Word than the Bible itself, I start to get concerned. God doesn't need us to rewrite His Word. He, he needs us to learn it. Just like with the Israelites. He, he brought them back out of all this captivity. And He put them right back before the Levites, explaining and breaking down the Word again. And you know what? His Word didn't change. But the people did. He doesn't need us to rewrite His Word. He needs us to learn it. He needs us to understand it. He needs us to hide it in our hearts so that we may not sin against Him. You know, one of the goals of, of doing this whole story series at Huntsville Christian Church is so that, so that you people can learn to communicate the whole story of the Bible to someone who doesn't know it. And it's really simple to do. If, if you've been reading with us and studying and going to your story groups and kind of following along, you've got the core of the story already at hand. It's really simple. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the, the, the Trinity, if you will, wants to be in community with human beings. Sin entered the world and destroyed that community. And, and so the community we have with God. And the rest of the, of the Bible is a story about God winning us back to himself. Beginning with Abraham and a new nation and continuing all the way up with Jesus Christ in the church. There it is in a nutshell. At this point in our series, all of you who have been reading and following along should be able to share that with anybody. And don't get confused with things that don't, don't matter. Don't let the, the conveniences of our world cause you to forget your original language. I'm not talking about English here. I'm talking about don't allow the conveniences of our world to, to keep you from understanding Scripture and the acts that we're called to do through God's Word. And so here we have Nehemiah the governor and Ezra the priest, and they're sharing the Word of God. The Levites explain what has been read to them. And you know what the people's response was when, when the, the Levites explained what was read to them? The exiled people reenact or, or relive, if you will, for the first time in well over 100 years, the Feast of the Tabernacles. We're going to look at Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 13 through 17. On the second day of the month, the heads of all the families, along with the priests and Levites, gathered around Ezra, the teacher, to give attention to the words of the law. <clears throat> 
They found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded through Moses, that the Israelites were to live in temporary shelters during the festival of the seventh month, and that they should proclaim this word and spread it throughout their towns and in Jerusalem. Go out into the hill country and bring back branches from olives and wild olive trees and from myrtles, palms, and shade trees to make temporary shelters, as it is written. So the people went out and brought back branches and built themselves temporary shelters on their roofs, in their courtyards, in the courts of the house of God, and in the square by the water gate, and the one by the gate of Ephraim. The whole company that had returned from exile built temporary shelters and lived in them from the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day. The Israelites had not celebrated it like this, and their joy was very great. That's a long time. From the days of Joshua until that day, the Israelites had not properly celebrated this... this um, this 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 feast of tabernacles until this way and there was great joy joy the people recognized something they recognized that god's word wasn't just an instruction book they recognized that god's word was calling them to do something and it was calling them to obey and that's what they did i love that it says they went out and they built temporary shelters on their roofs or in their front yard or, or wherever they had houses they, they didn't do this to, to, to be chic. They didn't do this for... They did this because it's what was required of them. To put their hearts in a right place before God. And, and that's where they did it. Listen to this. James 1, 19 through 25. Uh, we're going to see something here that God's Word calls us to do. James says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word and does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Folks, we need to be people of action. Just like the Israelites were here. They they heard the word of God. They were reminded of the Feast of the Tabernacle. and, And they went out and they cut branches and built temporary houses to commemorate the Feast of the Tabernacles. And at that moment in their lives, the Israelites allowed God's word to help them align their lives with God's will. As we read God's word today, as you study it, as as you look at scripture, as you pray over it, as you highlight it, you will see that God's word calls us to align our, our own lives with his will. That's what we need to be doing. Randy Frazee tells another story, not about another bug in his ear, but about a guy named Mark. Mark was a 47-year-old alcoholic. The story goes that Mark stumbled into Oak Hills Church one day for worship, and, and he was accepted. He was accepted by a few people, but, but he was really accepted and loved and mentored by a former senior minister, a guy named Charles Prince, who at the time was in his 80s. And, and over time, Mark came to know Jesus. Sometime later, uh, and he got, he got involved in, in Oak Hills. Randy says that sometime later, he saw a friend named Peter, 
And Peter was from an AA group that Mark had went to. It's Alcoholics Anonymous. And he saw him on the streets, and, and Mark invited him to church. And you know what happened? Peter came to church. But, but then he found himself sitting on the front row for weeks. Every, every Sunday he was there. And what you need to know is that Mark's friend Peter was an alcoholic, bipolar, and legally blind. Okay? But because Mark invited him to church, and he came, and he learned, and, and he studied, and he, and he sought to be discipled, the story goes that, that he got better. He, he beat alcoholism. And he went back to his home in Hawaii. What does that story have to do with things we've read today? It's kind of simple. Mark heard the word of God. He heard the word of God because an old guy at Oak Hills took the time to invest in him. Look at, look at this. Someone almost twice his age. Mark was 47. This guy, Prince, Charles Prince, was, was in his 80s. Almost twice his age. Folks, we may retire from our jobs, but we should never retire from doing the Lord's work. Okay? The word of God was explained to Mark. It, it, it was, he, he understood it. And then he did it. Mark did what he was supposed to. And then, I love this, because he was kind of like a modern-day Good Samaritan. He saw a friend from an AA meeting, knowing his friend was hurting, knowing he was struggling with something, knowing that his struggles were, were bigger than Mark himself, but he did what he could. Mark's not a doctor. He, he can't help somebody with bipolar. He can't fix that. He's not a certified counselor ready to bring his buddy all the way to sobriety, but, but he knows what he read in the Bible, and he knows what was explained to him, and he knows how big and amazing our God is, and he did what the Bible told him to do. He went out into the world, and he told someone about Jesus. He taught him to obey the teachings of Jesus, baptizing him and discipling him, and his friend got better physically, mentally, and spiritually, and he went home to be with his family, a new man. I think that's awesome. That's, that's not just being a hearer of God's word, but being a doer of God's word. It's like, like the Israelites. They heard it. They went and built the tents, and they, they spent the next seven days living in temporary housing, celebrating the Feast of the Tabernacle, because that's what God's word required of them at that time. Randy invited Mark to share his story with the Oak Hills Church family, and what I, what I appreciate about Mark's life is it kind of summarizes where we've been with, with the story so far through the Old Testament. Kind of like the nation of Israel, Mark did some less than average things, but, but as he comes through, like right here in Nehemiah 8, he has aligned his life with the will of God as it was made known to him in the word of God. How about you? Are you willing to truly align your life with the will of God? Are, are you truly willing to even explore that option, to even see what that might look like, to align yourself, what it would look like for you to align yourself with the will of God? Are you brave enough to get into God's Word and pray over it and communicate with God on a regular basis long enough to find out what He would have you do with your life? Are you willing to be like the Israelites who for the first time in over 140 years set aside their personal wants and desires and align their lives with the will of God? This, this chapter 21, rebuilding the walls is not a good enough title for it because that happened, but they rebuilt their lives. There was, there was some restoration here that went beyond physical wall building for Jerusalem at this time. There was a restoration of God's people. 
Are you willing to be like the Israelites? Are you willing to be like Mark? To take the advice that we find in the book of James and not just be hearers of God's word, but to be a doer of God's word. Folks, we come here and we hear God's word every week, but, but when you go, are you going so you can do the will of God? Or are you just here to listen to the word of God? Or are you here to listen and then just slip out unnoticed? Or are you here each Sunday to listen and go and do? Because that's what is expected of every member of Huntsville Christian Church. is to be doers of the word of God, not just hearers. As we come to our response time today, my, my prayer has been this week that we will all respond to God's word like the Israelites did. Today is the day to transition from a hearer of the word of God to a doer of the word of God. I, I spent the last week at camp. And I have to tell you, we had 10 campers. And at first I was like, oh. But then I was like, hold on. There's some work to be done here. One of the 10 campers had never been to church camp before, ever. That week we talked to our kids last week about our theme. Our theme was I Fit. Uh, We told them about investing. That was our, our first I. And then about being all in for God when we invest. It wasn't about financial investment, but about our physical and our spiritual investment for God. We, we told them about building on a sure foundation. That was the letter F. The next I, we talked to our young people about integrity and then about truth. Why does that matter today? Because at the end of the first day, when we talked about investing, being all in for Christ, one of our boys brought, came up to Aaron and I, uh, and, and he gave us his money. It was his canteen money for the week. And uh, he said, hey, I want you guys to have this. Now, um, we had a goal. $125 was our offering goal. We needed to meet that goal to cover the cost of, of parts for an ambulance that are already on their way to Mashogo Christian Hospital in Zimbabwe, Africa. And, and we do our offerings a little bit different at camp. And we hadn't yet done an official offering, but this boy came up and he was like, here, I, this is it. I don't want to spend it on junk. I wanna, I'm all in. And we set that money on the top of the, one of the bunks in our room that night after everyone was in bed and we prayed. That was a simple prayer. And it was just, God, this young man is all in. He's given all that he had. And we asked God to multiply that $6 so that the need would be met with action. Midweek, another boy, the one that had never been to camp, he, he comes up during canteen. He got a snack. He looked at what he had for change. It was somewhere around $8.00. And he, he handed it to Jesse Harris. He goes, here, I want to put this in. And then she, she gave it back to him. She said, hold on. And she, she took some time. She explained to him about offering and, and about kind of the, the process, kind of like what Joe shared with us today. And, and later on, he, he gave it all in. Matching their lives with the will of God. Every one of our campers dug deep that week. And they gave what they had. Now, here's the best part. Because this, this is what happens when you become a doer of God's word and not just a hearer of God's word. We started on Sunday night, and by Thursday night, the group of campers and just a few sponsors had not only collected the $125 goal, they blew it out of the water. Our total offering for last week with like 14 people at camp was $351. Now, I, I call that God math because he's the only one that can do that, all right? Um, the reason I tell you that is, is because the whole cost of getting the parts to Africa was only 420 bucks. All right, Our junior, senior high week, the week before, raised most of that. And we came in with, it was still a big goal. But here's the thing. 
all in. That's where these kids were. Just like the Israelites, when the word of God was presented to them, what do we need to do? It's time to celebrate the Feast of the Tabernacle. It's not time to be sad. It's time to rejoice. It's time to celebrate. Here's how you're going to celebrate. Just like with James being a, a doer of God's word instead of just a hearer. You know, when you read the word of God, when you apply it to your life, when you begin to live it, you're no longer just a hearer of God's word. You're a doer of God's word. What will it take for you to be a doer of God's word? I don't know. Maybe for you the first step is baptism. Confessing Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life and being baptized for the forgiveness of your sins to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's time to stop doing what everybody else is doing and simply make that commitment like the Israelites did and and come back to putting God first in your life with repentance and rededication. If that's you, the elders are here. They'd love to pray with you and talk with you about that. Maybe for you, becoming a doer of God's word starts with, with partnering with us here at Huntsville Christian Church and getting physically involved with us and serving here in our community. Whatever it is that you need to do to become a doer of God's word and not just a hearer of God's word, Think on that as we sing our response song and respond to God's word accordingly. Will you stand and sing with us? It's been great to worship with you all this morning and to challenge you with God's word, but now it's time to go. As you go this week, I want to challenge you to finish this section of the story strong. Uh, after this week, we're going to take a break from the story and our, and our story groups for the summer. I hope that your, your story group would maybe made some plans to get together once or twice over the summer break. But I also want to challenge you to begin reading Hosea. We're starting our summer series next Sunday on, on a study on Hosea. I'm really excited about it. And uh, actually, for, we're doing a Huntsville Christian Church first. There'll be three people next Sunday introducing the series. So I'm kind of excited about that. We've worked really hard on it. Um, there's a lot to say about Hosea. And to, to just put it down into just a few weeks is difficult. So I want to tell you, I'm going to challenge you right now. If you don't read ahead, you're going to miss out on some things. But we're going to be starting that series, and, and we're, going to, we're going to kick it off looking at the names of Hosea's children. So there's a little, little uh, spoiler alert for you. But as you go today, don't forget to go to the back and, and stay for hot dogs and ice cream and have some fun as we bring the 50s back for a moment as we raise some money for our group that's headed off on a mission trip to Ecuador. Uh, Will you sing this last song with us? I'm sorry, I said I said Ecuador. Honduras, I'm, my bad. Geography wasn't a strong point for me. Um, but the, the point is they are going. And, and there's a lot of them. And so go back and support that. And before you do, sing this song with us.